0: Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, when I was dead broke, man I couldn't picture this. Video games have been such a big part of my childhood. I don't know how old or young you are, but my first video game console was an OG Nintendo 64. And I had the games GoldenEye 007, Battletoads, Super Mario, Power Rangers, Lightspeed Rescue, NBA Jam, and of course... I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. See, I'm no rookie when it comes to this video game lifestyle. Whether if it's Nintendo 64, Xbox, PlayStation, I've played almost every generation of video game consoles. Back when I played video games the most, they were just for fun, a good way to hang out with your friends and a good reason to stay up past your bedtime. But nowadays, video games has become the hottest thing out next to starting your own podcast. Remember back when your mom used to say, hey, you'll never get anywhere playing video games all day? Well, guess what happened on November 28, 2019? a huge tournament at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, and we ain't talking tennis. This is the Fortnite World Cup Finals. <laughs> 16-year-old Kyle Buga Geersdorf is waking up $3 million richer, the first ever Fortnite World Cup champion. There's his family looking up. Nowadays, you can make more money in a week of playing video games than most nine to fives would pay you in half a year. Gamers have sent the video gaming industry to record levels. Netflix says Fortnite is a bigger threat than HBO. Red Dead Redemption 2, it made $725 million in its opening weekend. This is a bigger new industry than marijuana. Absolutely. Video games are paying more than just the bills nowadays. The gaming industry is now a $139 billion a year business. In terms of revenue, that's bigger than worldwide box office, music streaming and album sales, the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL combined. The video game industry has grown to enormous heights since I was a kid. And it's only continuing to grow. Shoot, we're at a point now where we look at some of these gamers as athletes. They're having actual sporting events just for these video gamers. Just like literally a whole arena of everybody dressed up, sitting around with their friends, family, etc, etc. They all pay tickets just to watch some 13-year-old kid play Mortal Kombat or Fortnite online and win hella money. It's crazy. And with all of this money that's being brought into the video game industries, it makes me question. Why do we have stories like this? Video game maker Electronic Arts says it is laying off 350 employees. The studio behind Bioshock closing its doors and laying off most of its employees. Zynga announced it will be cutting 5% of its workforce. Activision Blizzard slashing about 800 jobs. That's 8% of the video game maker's workforce. Many of the most profitable American game companies routinely lay off huge chunks of their staff. And this is just a small part of a larger pattern of labor exploitation. You see, these games that we play to relax and have fun with our friends with are built on ruthless worker burnout. In the past three hours alone, I found over 30 different companies that laid off hundreds of their employees, sometimes with no warning and no severance. For example, a specific case that comes to my mind and catches my eye is the case of Telltale Games, Best known for the games like the Batman remake, The Walking Dead, uh, The Wolf Among Us, and many more. And now I wouldn't be surprised if this is your first time hearing about this. And that's because when I was researching this story, it was very difficult to find anybody who would talk about the situation. And this is because a lot of game workers sign NDAs and are afraid of getting blacklisted. Now, I'm not in the video game development industry, but I do have a close friend of mine who I went to undergrad with who is in the video game industry. And of course, I did an interview with this person. And of course, five weeks later, I find out that the interview got deleted somehow. So what you're about to hear right now is a replacement of that interview. See, I went out and I looked over the Internet and I was able to find one interview of one of those employees who was laid off, who was willing to talk about her situation. We get to the conference room, everybody is standing around. We walk in and the CEO is making jokes. He's got a microphone standing in front of everybody. He's trying to make us laugh. So he opened up the meeting to fire you guys by doing a set. Yes. And then he sat down and just said, our journey has ended. We were getting no severance. Our health insurance was only lasting until the end of the week. They told us that we only had 30 minutes to leave the building. We were expected to leave very quickly. To me, Telltale sounds like a really bad boyfriend who was like, I'm telling you, like, this is great. We're going to go the distance. And then two weeks later, it was like, this is the end of our journey. One of the things that's scary about games, though, is they're all kind of bad boyfriends. And you just need to pick which kind of bad you can live with. These random layoffs and firings is just the start of these issues. See, one of the worst issues in gaming is the hours. I worked about seven days a week, between 14 and 16 hour days. And when would you go home? I would go home uh, when I was ready to collapse. Other people refused to do uh, overtime, and all of a sudden, um, their reviews were negative, and they were fired. I lived away from home for almost three months, uh, helping get the game done. I didn't see my friends, my family for a while, although um, I was allowed some conjugal visits. Leading up to the release of a video game, it's very usual for companies to overwork their employees for months nonstop, with no overtime pay, by the way, just to hit the deadlines. And almost every major gaming company does this. EA Sports, Rockstar, Epic, Activision, Bioware, and many, many more. This happens so much to where there's actually a term that's used for this. It's called crunch. And it's practically mandatory if you want to work at a major studio. See, in 2017, 95% of game developers say that they've crunched or worked overtime with no pay. Now, staying up pulling all-nighters just to finish an essay or to prepare for a test is hard enough on me. I can only imagine when your whole paycheck is on the line. Many workers have said that doing months of this crunch process has caused PTSD, memory loss, and developed ulcers that make them cough up blood. And the biggest game that's on everybody's radar and has been on everybody's radar for almost a decade now is one game that has been overriding all the Twitch streams, has been on everybody's PlayStation system because it's free, it's been everywhere. And that game is Fortnite. Fortnite was created back in 2017 and now has over 500 million players worldwide and now has made over $3.9 billion. That's billion with a B. Games like Fortnite, World of Warcraft, League of Legends, all these different games are what's making Crunch even worse. And this is because they built their business transaction off of something that's called the microtransaction model. Now remember back in episode three of this podcast when I was telling you guys about social media and how like a lot of these social media industries are a lot like drug dealers, they give you a little bit and they they always expect you to come back running for more. Well that's a lot like this. See what the microtransaction model is, Is they'll give you the game for free but they'll give all these DLCs and unlockable characters and skins and guns and weapons items etc etc and make you pay a price for them and they know that you're gonna want these different things because they know that you don't want to be the average gamer they know that you want to have your twitch stream going crazy they know that you want to have a good time so although the game may be free they always gonna get you coming back for more because they know you want those upgradable items they know you want extra vc on your character they know you want all these different aspects that come with the game one big thing that i've noticed just from my experience of playing different games not Fortnite, but different games is that one thing that they'll do is they'll give you half the game once you buy it and then they'll have a whole dlc and unlockable stuff that you have to pay extra for after you finish the original game Now, although this is a good business mindset if you're an entrepreneur, but this is a nightmare for anybody who has to work for that entrepreneur because they have to constantly keep the players happy. Games like Fortnite has to roll out new features all the time, which means for many of these developers that this crunch process never ends. And on top of this, many of us gamers expect the graphics and the play style and all these things in the game to get better and better every single year. I remember being a kid playing my PlayStation 2 and my grandma would walk in the room and be like, Wow, the graphics are looking nice. They're making it more realistic every single year. But now when I look back on those games, the quality was actually kind of trash. Compared to nowadays when I see games like Grand Theft Auto and it's basically a deep fake of murder. Now, I've been a producer of two podcasts, including this one. And I could just tell you from my experience of being behind the scenes and making sure the vocals are right and making sure that everything aligns and making sure the sound effects is all nice and everything, et cetera, et cetera. It is a living hell in your head, especially if you're a perfectionist. And even worse, if you work for somebody who is a perfectionist, because you gotta make it perfect for them. You gotta make it perfect to them. You gotta make it perfect for whoever that's listening. So I can only imagine what these video game developers gotta go through. And on top of all of these things, one thing that makes it even more stressful for these video game developers is the deadlines. Now, y'all already know how serious I am about my deadlines, about making the, every episode drop at least every single week, trying to make a drop at 4 p.m. or 4 a.m. every single Thursday, and I'm trying to finish all of my season, all of this first season by January 8th. I get so hung up on that, just, and I'm just working for myself imagine if you're working for a whole company see these video games have hard release dates and they can't just fall behind schedule like i do so what a lot of these video game companies will do is they'll get more staff crunch the employees and then lay them off after the game is released now if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking wow it can't get any worse than this i've yet to bring up one more aspect when it comes to gaming And that is gender discrimination, which is a huge labor in itself when it comes to these video game companies. You see, according to statistics from The Washington Post in 2016, women make up 48% of gamers, but yet these video game companies make up 75% of males. And this is obvious to see when you look at how female characters are made in video... And this is obvious to see when you look at the female characters in video games. They're overly sexualized, huge breasts, small waist, big butts, long hair, and wearing costumes that have really little to no use in the video game. Like, I can't name you the number of times where I'll be playing a video game where everybody's armored and suited up, and then the female character is coming out in booty shorts and a bra. It makes no sense to me, but it does now that I know that most of these video game companies are made up of mostly males who are over-sexualizing these female characters. You see, developer surveys consistently find that discrimination and sexism are running rampant in video game companies. But to paint a picture and help you understand how bad it's gotten, I gotta shine a light on one company in particular. Riot Games just can't escape controversy. This week, the League of Legends developer was slammed with a class-action lawsuit claiming that the company fosters a sexist work environment. This lawsuit, filed by two women at Riot, lists specific examples of how, quote, bro culture negatively impacted female employees. Riot Games is a huge player in the gaming industry. But this lawsuit, plus three more that have been filed since have claimed that women were routinely passed up for promotions and sexually harassed. One plaintiff said to her super said her supervisor told her, quote, diversity should not be a focal point of the design of Riot Games products because gaming culture is the last remaining safe haven for white teen boys. Now, this is normally the part where I bring up an interview that I've had with someone who's in the video game industry who could tell me a little bit more about the situation. But of course, that was deleted. So insert this clip as a replacement. I first heard what was happening at Riot when I was investigating another gaming company for alleged endemic sexism, actually. That's really, really dark. Yeah. I heard stories ranging from um, women not being able to hire other women into positions of leadership. I was also hearing stories about other women being on a list of like sexy employees that higher ups at the company wanted to sleep with. A lot of men told me about the COO like going behind them and humping them at meetings where women weren't present. Yo, this is wild. You see, through this investigation, the woman who worked at Riot not only saw dick pics, but their boss's dick pics. This is crazy. So when you consider all of these things that I've talked about in this episode, sexism, burnout, crunch, layoffs, no pay, overwork, etc, etc. I know the big thing that's coming to your mind is, well, why don't they just quit? See, that's the problem. They do. And it's a shame that they have to quit. You see, this is their livelihoods. See, a lot of kids have grown up loving video games. This was their escape from the real world. This is their way of immersing into a whole video game and being able to hang out with friends and et cetera, et cetera. So it's just a shame that they grow up having this dream of wanting to work for video game companies. And this is what they're met with. Who y'all talking to, man? Now, as I've said before, I'm not a video game developer or anything like that. I just have friends who are in the field and industry, and they've told me different stories about all the things that they've gone through. Now, I, I I didn't know these things were happening when I was a kid, obviously. There weren't any news reports or any breaking news, anything like that about it. I'm just now realizing this now as I did my research for this episode of this podcast. So I'm for this story time, I can't really tell you too much about obviously being in the industry or even so much of the stories that I've heard from my friends, then what I can do is tell you about the importance that video games had on my life and my cousin's life and my friends and brothers and sisters' lives growing up. You see, as a kid, You go through different things, you go through things that happen at school, no matter what your different circumstances are, maybe you didn't grow up in the best circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that may have happened. When you get home, whether it's a Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it is, hanging out with your friends, or just hanging out by yourself, that moment that you get by yourself to immerse yourself into a video game, to see all these different things of this little world that these video game developers have created, was just such a joy to have as a kid. See, growing up, I was addicted to this. I stayed up so many countless hours, pissing off my mom, pissing off my dad, pissing off my my grandparents because I just wouldn't turn the video game off because I was just, this was my escape from the real world. This was my way to detox. This is my way to be to myself and really dive headfirst into this world. Some people do it through books, some people do it through movies, some people do it through TVs. Guess what? I didn't have too, many of, too much of that growing up, to be honest. But I did have a PlayStation 1, sometimes PlayStation 2, and a little monitor TV that I could play it on. One of my favorite things to do when it came to video games was being able to play with my friends. You see, I had a lot of cousins and brothers and sisters growing up. I had a lot of friends and siblings. And being able to sit back at home in the living room or in our rooms and being able to play a video game, whether it's two player, four players, whatever it is, whatever it may be. It was a cool way for us to connect and really bond together and like use teamwork to like solve these video games, solve these puzzles, solve these, whatever it may be. It was a good way for us to, to bond. It was it was I don't know how much to really explain it. Something about sitting on the couch playing 2K with your closest friend and talking about whatever that's going on in life, it was it was relaxing. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I still do it to this day. I mean, I may not do it as heavy as I used to when I was a kid because I have things of obligations like a career, job, gym, many other things that take over my life and my free time. But every now and then when I get that Friday night by myself or that Saturday night by myself and I don't want to go out, I just sit back. turn on a cool game and i just relax listen to a podcast listen to music sometimes play with my homies on the video game and we get to just chill out and remember what it's like to be a kid again my final word for this episode is a we all have our thing some people do makeup some people read and some people play video games Whether it's your way to connect with friends, cope with life, or just your way of enjoying your free time, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and immersing yourself into a world created by storytellers and designers with a character that you may or may not have created. Video games were my way to escape from the real world as a kid. And guess what? It still is. So no matter what your thing is, the concern shouldn't be that you're doing it. It should be how often you do it and how do you regulate it so that it doesn't become addiction oh yeah and of course all the other things that I said about the video game industry that too but this one yeah this is just my final word as it pertains to me as being someone who played the video games but of course knowing all these things about the video game you know what in the episode